Welcome back to the 27th annual Tic-Tac-Toe World Championships in progress. We take you to game three of the semifinal match between Chesterson and Slappyton. Slappyton to move with the opening sigil. An X to the center, a strong, a strong open. Uh, move, move to Chesterson. Uh, an O. Ah, a Zealand Gambit. Um, Slappington looks a little bit concerned. Fucking shit. That characteristic, right. uh, you know, sailor mouth, uh, well renowned in the circuit uh, for that expressive okay. X. We, we we see a we, we see an open three. I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of uh, double O. Uh, my God, this is this is in in 17 years of refereeing uh, this sport. I have never I have never seen a move quite like this from from Slappington. Uh, it's the. I, the, 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 the crowd you can you, you can uh, perhaps hear is 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 unsettled unsettled by this this, this move now technically a double O is not a legal move but with Slapton's previous move an, of an X the one of the O's would be cancelled which suggests that this actually sums to a legal move but whether or not this is legal in the jurisdiction of this tournament versus uh, Filipino street tic-tac-toe where it is a very common gambit I, I honestly, I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you how this is going to resolve, but I will tell you this. Foul on the field. Oh. Offense. We have a call. Turns down the penalty. Game progresses. Oh, my my gosh. This is, this is, this is very unusual. Uh, Chesterson has noted but waived the double O on an X by Slapperton. And is allowing the game to proceed with what is effectively the expected Southern O. Now, you, you have to think, Chesterson, a great deal to gain as a first-time semifinalist in the championships. To to allow this play suggests a great deal of uh, of Players, sit down. Sit. Return to your seat, please. The, 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 the ref's now telling Slapperton... Players, uh, sit, sit down. To sit, he has... He has stood up. He's Return to the play area. On top of his own chair, and he's waving at the crowd as if to say, "Yes, cheer for me." And the crowd, entirely un- unprepared for this reaction. Why? Uh, it's now. It's not. It's not clear. Slapperton may have just attempted to verbally, in, you know, state an intention to play a why on the board. Now, why not a legal move? Not even in Philippine street tic-tac-toe. This is, this is not... Audience, please settle down. Please settle down. There, there's, there's, a, there's a great deal of commotion uh, on the bleachers. Several several audience members are at this point... Security, please come to the front stage. One Security to the front stage, please. Thank you. Say, at a boy, that's quite a play. But why is is not not any sort of sanctioned play. So we, we, we're going to have to take a break here. We will come back. There's The, the refs are giving a sign for a... We're going to need a fire truck. A second-degree adjudication. Fire extinguishers, please. Uh, and also to the back a, bleachers. a small fire on the bleachers. Please, please return to your seats. Please when we return. We will, we will catch you up on the state of play in this the semifinal. Police are in route. Chesterson and Slapperton in the 27th annual. Please disperse. Disperse immediately. Crap shoot! Crap shoot! Crap shoot! Crap shoot! Crap shoot! 
This is so disorienting. It's weird. We haven't. I think this is the first time we've done a not face to face. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's it's, a, it is it's weird. A, it's a strange thing. It's 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 strange. It's interesting that it's strange because you know I've done so many other podcasts like this. You know I've done probably uh, I don't know between Metafilter and uh, we have such films. I've probably done like 140 podcasts, and they're always you know into a mic with no no face contact, but. Uh, but but you you and me buddy we got a we got a special thing and it's, it's we its we're really thing. into the face contact yeah yeah we're basically smearing our faces against each other just like just just cheek to nose forehead it's... butts it's like a headbutt <laughs> with a forehead unlike a normal headbutt that doesn't involve the forehead uh... <laughs> <laughs> it is sort of the thing I mean we sort of like came up with the format and a pretty important part of the original idea was that we would be sitting together and just yep. bullshitting in person. And now we hear our now now we hear our mm. uh, twenty five hundred miles separated by. It can't, it can't even words order correctly. Yes. <laughs> well, this is what episode twenty nine, I guess. Twenty nine is what I, I got. Damn, I you still got I, it. You yeah, I know. Well, you know it. what? It, here's what it is: is I listened to that podcast. I was trying to flush it out of my system, but then uh, when you talked to Jessman, you, you you firmly declared the podcast number and. And then it was back in my head. It's like, oh, well, this is the one after that one. So it's, you know, it's got to be 29, right? You're trying to flush out of your system the, the podcast the, numbering? The, the, the knowledge of the podcast number. Oh, yeah. right. I was trying to just let it go. I think we talked about that a couple episodes ago. But, uh, but nope. Every time I think I'm out, they, 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 they pull me back in. I as, pull you back in. Yes. As, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was funny because I was like, uh, so yeah, this is episode 28 and Jessman's like, oh, that's. I wish I'd known that because a, I wanted to come up with some trivia for number twenty-eight, and b, I have no idea what you're doing. What have, what have you been doing for the last twenty-seven episodes? I like that. I don't know you where were, I am or what is this even. You were you were a little slow to get a, a, a description out too, which I mean, I, I can't blame you because I I haven't really had to explain it to anybody else either. But uh, it's kind yes. of all in the name. <laughs> it was yeah. It was well. It was really interesting listening to that uh, because you know it's like. What is the crapshoot when it's not the two of us? And it turns out it's basically the same thing. You know, it's it's uh, shooting the crap. Uh, and Jessman was a lot of fun to listen to. She's, uh, I mean, she's she's a lot of fun to talk to on the Metafilter podcast. So no surprise there. But uh, but it was it, it was really entertaining hearing her doing a different podcast and hearing you doing crapshoot uh, without me in the conversation and me just sort of like thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's really interesting because like. You and I, we've got a, a pretty, I think, solid at this point sense of each other and our sort of cues and our ticks and the, the sort of the style of the pattern in our, in our conversations. And at this point, you know, I very much have that with Jessamine as well after, you know, close, like, like well, I guess over 100 Metafilter podcasts. Um, so I, 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 I feel a ton of rapport with both of you. And, and I felt like you two had a good rapport too, but it was really clearly the two of you having a podcast conversation for the first time, and it was really interesting to see both of your sort of ticks in play and your your little conversational tendencies and and sort of moments of pause and whatnot, and knowing exactly how I would be you know filling and leading on those if I was talking, but hearing you two sort of work it out in real time. Uh, so it, it was it was really it was kind of a weird sort of meta podcasting pleasure just to listen to. Uh, the pieces of the machine uh, operating, you know, in this sort of odd, you know, crossover sense uh, between podcasts. 
Yeah, she. I mean, she kills it, and she carries it. I mean, she's the best possible person to be doing a podcast with because she just like is a bottomless well of interesting things to say all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's she completely kills it that way. But I totally understand what you're saying that that um, there's a tempo that you kind of settle into, maybe depending on the person, right? So yeah, and and it's different hearing someone talk in this type of format for the thirtieth time than it is for the first time. Yeah, but that that every person has their own kind of tempo, and you can kind of slide. It's like I don't know, playing jazz or something. I don't know. That's yeah. a dumb analogy, but it's obvious, eh, so know. I grabbed it. <laughs> it's not a dumb analogy. It, it, it's maybe a it's maybe a slightly uh, highfalutin analogy, but it's a good one. I mean, I I think that's exactly it. You know, the sense of you know, if you want to run with the musical idea, you know, it's it that's that's the difference between like you know playing music at the same time and jamming. You know, like if you actually sit down with someone and play with them for the first time, you're going to have to sort of figure each other out. Even if you're both too, you know, totally solid musicians, even if you've both played in, in bands plenty and have good ears, you know, e- even with, you know, that compatibility, it's still, you have to do a little bit of figuring out uh, your respective moves and pauses and sensibility. And, and then when you practice it, it sort of gels, you know, is the best case scenario. The, uh, the other thing I like about time. the music analogy is that it, it really drives home how fucking hard it is to do this over Skype when you don't have a <laughs> tempo already because there are these fractions of a second delays. And yeah. when Jess sent me her recording of our conversation, there's parts where I'm stepping on her or interrupting her that I wasn't in my version because I'm recording both ends on my end, yeah, yeah. and the way Skype call recorder does, it records both ends on that end, too. And you listen to them side by side, and the amount of drift that's built into Skype is huge. So, I, I mean, I just wanted to, like, call her on the phone and apologize once I heard what her <laughs> side of the, or what her end of both sides of the conversation sounded like. Because I was just cutting in constantly, and, and you, there was gaps and miscues and stuff, and so I... I, I um, confession time i tried to smooth that out in the edit but obviously there's still you know there's still a little bit of uh slipping into the groove that happens in the beginning and uh i tried to i tried to kind of separate out where we were talking over each other but um yeah it's 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 true it's a skype is weird for many reasons yeah not be not being able to smush our faces together is one but yep. the other is that the introduction of a very small audio lag has huge repercussions on the conversation. It, it is, is a weird thing. And I think there's a lot of value in knowing each other's. Yeah. Cause I come back around to like the, the idea of tempo and the idea of a volley, you know, like that's, that's let, let's throw in a sports metaphor while we're at it. Yeah. You know, really a, a good volley, you let's know, let's toss the old pig is, skin around. Yeah. The old pig skin of the sports metaphor. Uh, there's a sort of a, a tennis pig skin specifically right. is what I'm thinking. But that's uh, a meta metaphor. Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but you know it's 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 kind of like it's it's about anticipating what's coming is is how a volley really works well because you can stand on either side of a court and like take the ball and hit it with a racket. The other person sees it and they sort of like okay and they grab the ball. It's like hey, good job. And then they take the ball and throw it up and hit it. And you grab it and say oh hey, great job. And then you but you're just serving back and forth. You're not volleying and and mm. you really have to get used to the idea of anticipating what's coming, getting ready for it, and just, like, getting right on it. And I feel like that makes it kind of okay, even when you have, like, you know, uh, 250 milliseconds of, of leg and drift, uh, and, and even when you have sort of pauses and interruptions, if you know each other well enough conversationally, with the way that works, then you end up managing to, 
sort of make those work. Like you kind of know how much you're likely to talk over the other person and vice versa. And you're both sort of expecting that, uh, I think really at a, uh, eventually pretty much a uh, subconscious level. Like I'm, I'm not thinking like I know exactly where Jesse's going to cut in on something. I just sort of have a sense of when you cut in and how you cut in and vice versa. And, you know, we, we've gotten good at yielding, uh, to each other to the extent that I ever, you know, yield to anyone in conversation, <laughs> but you know, in principle anyway, the idea, you know, uh, well, we got we both got a lot better at the yielding thing. It's, yeah. it's, and it helps so much to be able to see each other when you're doing that because yeah. cutting in is a is there's so much body language when you are cutting in in the middle of uh, some something someone else is saying. It, body language comes into that a huge amount. Yeah, there's a, there's a giant uh, pile of uh, paralinguistic information that being in person really helps with, and I think that's where having talked a bunch. It makes it a lot easier to do this in this, you know, not the w- way we usually do it sort of way over Skype here. Because I can, you know, to some extent, I have a sense of uh, you're leaning in, you know, even if I can't literally see it, you know, and I, I presume uh, vice versa. Yeah. Um, well, I'll yeah. try to n- n- mouth breathe into the mic heavily as I as I physically lean in to interrupt you so you can just hear my disgusting wet gasps and... Uh, you know, yield the floor. That sounds, that sounds like a good plan. I think yeah. that's, I think that's solid. Who needs body language really when you that. have disgusting wet gasps? <laughs> Bodily language is just really our way of making up for the inability to be as disgustingly breathy in person as we would like, <laughs> you know, most of the time. Well, I missed you. I'm glad to be home with you in this kind of informal setting or, you know, yes. I hope yes. anyone who listened to the last episode, I thought of this when I was re-listening to it. I thought there's a weird combination of, Surprise! it's not Josh, it's someone else. And one of the things we touch on when we start talking about editing is how I, as I put it in the conversation, uh, you know, took control of the show away from you. So for a split <laughs> second, I was like, Do, is, are listeners going to think that I just like took the show and started just taking other hosts and Josh is not part of the show anymore? God, I hope no one listens to the show and gets that impression because uh, it's... it's uh, I mean, it's it's was your show more than it was. I mean, the name came from you, the format came from you. We're just, I I I, I think of it as a kind of a fifty fifty thing. But if anybody's, it's yours. The, the, the format that we have basically entirely abandoned after, <laughs> like you know, like the first eight episodes, I think. But uh, right. still, yeah. No, no, I, I, I doubt anybody. It's called a pivot. Yes. Yeah. We were. You know, it's, the the format is is what you cling to until you figure what the actual format is. I hmm. figure, you know. No, no, no podcast schema survives contact with the podcast field. I think that's what Patton said. Hmm. Um, some, big podcaster, like General Patton. Yeah, Fam- <laughs> famously. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm drinking some uh, some regional beer. I think it's regional. I think this is a, a local beer. I guess I could talk about what's going on because I don't know if I talked about it in the last podcast or not. Please. I mean, um, allow someone who just might be just coming in on this podcast to know what yeah. the fuck we're talking yeah, about why, and where you are. Why, why are we on Skype? We are on Skype because I'm in Alabama. I am in Alabama instead of Portland. How do you remember the name of the state that you're in? Because I have call, I have said to various people that you are in uh, Arkansas Alabama, and I think I might have told one person you were in Alaska. 
<laughs> but I can't. These A states, I cannot fucking keep straight. How do you do it? Is there a trick? Is there a mnemonic device for these? Well, I, 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 fa- I find the easiest way to remember that it's Alabama that you've taken out a short-term lease and driven cross-country to is to take out a lease and drive cross-country to that place. Because uh, at that point, you really, you really just kind of have to be sure what state it is. Um, it would be very, you know, very bad if I ended up in Arkansas a few days ago after driving cross country, wondering where my apartment was. So right. I, my recommendation is take out a lease is a really good way, a really good way to, to remember a state. Am I going to have to do it in every A state? Yes. Yes. How, how many is that? Oh, gosh, there's a few, aren't there? Because there's yeah. Alabama, Arkansas, Alaska, uh, Abrahamson. Right. Uh, Arkansville. <laughs> right. New Arkansas. Albertsons. Albertsons. Well, that's an N state, really. Right. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Albertsons, uh, Ack, 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 the, the Billy Joel state. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple more. I can't remember, but uh, maybe we'll come back to that. Yeah. The, the uh, big, big uh, war between the Billy Joel state and the Kathy Guys White state. Oh, yeah. That was, they fought that over was, the name. They were trying yeah. to. Yeah. A really, really kind of a, a civil war between those. Um, yeah, so I'm in Alabama because uh, because my wife is uh, doing a NASA internship this summer. Uh, she is doing some work uh, at a, I think it's basically a NASA facility on the University of Alabama in Huntsville campus. So it's it's on the school campus, but there's also a big military base in Huntsville, uh, the Redstone Arsenal, uh, named after the the Minecraft building block, I presume. Sure. Um, and on on Redstone, there's a NASA facility as well, uh, but that takes more clearance to get into and out of, and I think it's kind of a pain. Uh, so the fact that she's working at the university rather than on the military base is a, is a, a convenience. Uh, but yeah, she's working on a a program looking at uh, landslide analysis, essentially in uh, Rwanda in particular. So she's uh, and she's just getting up to speed this week, sort of figuring out what exactly is going to be going on for the next uh, two and a half months. But uh, but yeah, doing that, and uh, I work on the internet, so I can kind of work from anywhere. So uh, coming out here and and being with her sounded a whole lot more appealing, I think, for both of us than her coming out by herself and me staying in town. Uh, so yeah, we're over here for uh, oh through the end of August, basically. Uh, and I'll be working on Metafilter, and she'll be working at the university uh, with the NASA stuff, and and yeah, hence Alabama, and hence our our, our podcasting from a distance. This is the, where we should cue up the song from a distance. Oh, okay. From a distance. You're gonna have to start writing more songs, I think, too, because yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get some deep deep cuts on your uh, corpus, uh, your Mephi music corpus. Uh, to use as interstitial music on this show. Yeah. Well, you um, know, I, I have a couple hundred older songs too on a, uh, on the internet pre Metafilter. I mean, they're not, a lot of them are not very good. They mm-hmm. are earlier work, but, uh, but boy, let me tell you, there's a well under that well, as far as that goes. <laughs> uh, if we really decide what we want to do is scrape. Although, but, uh, you know, it's, it's kind depending of on how much time you have, I, I really like when when an idea strikes us during the show and then you like do a bunch of extra work and actually record a song for the purposes of that show. Yeah, it, it might happen. It might happen. I did bring I did bring my baritone ukulele because it's got built in electronics so it can be my guitar that is all guitars because there's nothing more convincing than using a ukulele as a bass guitar or a uh, 
you know, electric guitar, but uh, but it's worth a shot. And I brought a little MIDI keyboard, so so I, I should be able to produce some stuff. We'll see what happens. That would be really fun. Well, I'll see if any if any ideas uh, strike me in 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 terms of things to task you with. Sure. Yeah. Since you're the talented one, um, but the idea, the, the question on all our listeners' minds, burning, burning in their minds, is uh, whose floor are your cats pissing on currently? If not oh, yours, uh, uh, my mother-in-law's. Okay. Um, as as far as I've heard so far, uh, mostly Angela's talked to her about the cats. Uh, they've been sort of spotty about eating, but that's not really shocking when they're stressed out. Uh, and uh, I haven't heard any peeing story so they may be holding off on the peeing they're uh, saving nice. that up yeah yeah, yeah. they how be, far that, they can get with being fussy eaters yeah that'll, that'll be more of a july thing maybe yeah but, uh, yeah no so, so the cats are staying with with her up in camas and and yeah so that's good yeah it's really warm here it turns out i mean like i expected it to be warm here but it's even warm for here for right now uh it's like i guess usually maybe like mid 80s this time of year and instead, it's been like 95 every day since we got here uh, and, you know, reasonably humid. Uh, so it's kind of yeah, outside. It's, it's a warm place to be. Everybody here has air conditioning, which is nice. And our car has air conditioning. So it's it really hasn't been an issue. But uh, but it's weird if I ever need to leave the apartment. Like I did some laundry the other day. And man, it's, it's weird being in an apartment again. Like, you know, we, we, we bought our house in St. John's like seven years ago now, something mm. like that. And uh, I've really gotten used to it. And, like, this apartment that we're in, I think, is, like, in terms of overall size uh, and state of being, I think it's, it, it's a nicer apartment than the one we had downtown, even though the one downtown had its own charm and, you know, it was our apartment. So, you know, I always have, like, meaningful, positive feelings about it. But, you know, this, this is probably a bit of an upgrade from that as far as one-bedrooms go. Uh, and we rented the thing furnished, so we didn't have to worry about getting furniture or appliances or anything. But it's still, it's a lot different from living in a house. You know, it's definitely smaller. Everything is smaller. You know, the things that are familiar to me aren't there. Some of the conveniences that come with homeownership aren't there. Doing laundry really was, it was the dumbest thing. I mean, doing laundry here means, you know, take the laundry uh, 200 feet to the, the laundry facility on this apartment complex uh, and, you know, put it in and, you know, put in some quarters and do some laundry and come back, put in the dryer, put in some more quarters. You know, it's n- nothing, nothing weird, nothing anybody who has ever, you know, used a shared coin laundry facility in an apartment would blink at. Uh, and we did that, you know, downtown when we lived in an apartment. But it's been a few years since I've had to do that. It's like, oh, yeah, this is how this works. Uh, and And I was dumb enough about it that, like, doing that first load, what I should have done is walked over there, checked it out, said, oh, I need this many quarters. Let me make sure I have that and I'll bring the laundry back. But instead, I grabbed the laundry, I schlep across 95 degrees and almost as much humidity, get to the door, realize, oh, this is that door that they gave me a key code for. This isn't the one they gave me a key for. Walk back to the apartment, look at the key code, come back, plug it in the door, go inside, get ready to do some laundry, realize, oh, it takes coins. I better go get some quarters. Go back, get the $2 in quarters exactly that I had with me. Come back over, realize, oh, the, the dryers are a buck, but the washers are a buck 50. Walk out, go to the office, say, hey, where can I find some quarters? Uh, walk, to the, walk the laundry back to the apartment, give up for an hour or so, and then uh, walk uh, 
five minutes down the road to the Dollar General where I bought a roll of quarters along with a, a couple other little uh, basics. And uh, basically, it was a lot of work to do a load of laundry. And, and you know, <laughs> every future load of laundry won't take that much work because I'll just plan ahead, have the quarters, take them with me, remember the door code. Uh, but just just even having to do all this, like, oh yeah, this is a thing I used to do. This is a this is a thing a ton of people do. That you know, it's not go downstairs and put it in your personal laundry machine that runs just on your electricity bill. So it's like it's 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 a weird adjustment. The kitchen is, you know, it's it's smaller and it doesn't have all of our stuff, and that's weird. And it's got a electric range instead of gas range, so the the heat profile of everything is different, and it's not our pan either. And so yeah, it's like every little thing I'm sort of relearning. Uh, and it's, it's a really strange sort of uh, off-kilter experience in a lot of ways. Um, Quarters are going to become a big part of your life. And I say this as someone for whom apartment living is a little fresher in my mind than probably it was in yours. But, I mean, you quarters are precious now. You yeah. are carrying, you, you like are going to ATMs now to make sure you always have some cash in your pocket so you have the option of paying with cash so that you may get some quarters back. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. You doing are that making a lot. like purchasing decisions. Like if you buy a bag of chips, you're looking at prices to see what's just over a dollar, so you can try and get three quarters back yep. when you when you pay with bills and stuff. I mean, this is this is real shit. <laughs> I remember when the washer and dryers went from a dollar to a dollar twenty five um, in my apartment building. It like upset my whole shit because I was just barely pulling enough quarters from my daily and weekly routines to have the right number of quarters to just barely do laundry every time. And it got to the point where, well, now, okay, so I have to rejigger a bunch of stuff to uh, to do this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I remember having a, a bunch of routines quarter-related uh, downtown when I lived in, stupid. in the apartment, too. That's stupid. Like, How come you know, washing machines you just take Apple Pay or some shit? I, I it, well, it's it's the yeah, it, it's super dumb because it's something that had be, it's simultaneously super duper normalized and also kind of a pain in the ass. Like you know, it would be unremarkable if every single laundry machine, you know, every laundry room just had a quarter changer that was you know reliable and well stocked because people <laughs> would use it and boom, there you fucking go. And it's it's kind of absurd that that's not the case. But it's not the case, you know. It's that that's probably you're very lucky if that exists in your laundry room, and everybody else just has to fucking find quarters somewhere. And I would. Oh, I that's would the other at, thing is every time you pass one of those machines, you have to like make sure to check if you have any singles, just to throw a single in and get the quarters <laughs> and have it in your pocket. So then when you get home, your special quarters only jar that's in your bedroom, you can dump the quarters in that and kind of increment yeah. it a little better. Yeah, man, quarters. Quarters are the fucking worst. I would I would stop at the bank because uh, I worked at uh, a building downtown and there was a couple banks nearby. There was one basically across the street from the building I worked in. So what I would do is try and go in at lunch or right after work and uh, buy a couple rolls of quarters. You know, every every few weeks I would do that, uh, and that worked out okay. But it was something there was always a little bit of a stink eye. But then they would do it. And then at some point they just stopped doing it. Like it wasn't a me thing; it was just a general bank policy thing. But it, I remember being—I remember being surprised at how much I was like, kind of upset. Like I didn't like get shitty in the bank about it or anything. But you know, I went in there and like it was one of those things where I had this sense that I knew I was sort of getting away with something all this time. But it was such a fundamental, basic need. So like I need to have quarters so I can do fucking laundry that like, you know, it's like I'm willing to do this thing that feels like maybe I shouldn't be getting away with it. 
but you know, fundamentally, everybody's human at the end of the day. And they're like, oh, yes, I'll give you some quarters because I'm a bank and we have money. And I'll trade you some money for some other money. I was like, okay, that's an okay thing, even if maybe they don't think of that as their thing to do. And I wasn't a customer at that bank. And so the thing is, at some point, the, the girl behind the counter was just like, uh, are you a customer here? And I'm like, well, no. I just want to get some quarters. She's like, I'm sorry, we have a new policy. And like, she did not want to be saying this either. She's like, she knew that this was a shitty deal for people in exactly my position. But at the same time, you know, she worked there and that was the policy that they were sticking to it. You know, she had to say no. We, and it's like, I'm not going to take out a fucking savings account at this bank just so you'll give me quarters. So, at, you know, I was like, well, okay. And I left and I was like, ah, what the fuck do I do here? This is crazy. You know, it really felt like this weird combination of like uh, sort of shame because at last this thing that felt like it was sort of getting away with something turned out to be something that I was getting away with and wasn't getting away with anymore, but also kind of anger that like this stupid basic thing that I just need to do to get along is now that much harder because some random person who is never going to look me in the face made a decision about that bank patch that they can't just have a few more rolls of quarters in the tills. You know, it's not like it's not like a bank is going to be nonstop busy all day long. If you go in there on your lunch break when it's dead, they're not going to take an actual hit. You know, having someone put a couple extra rolls of quarters in the till and then having someone trade that for a 20 you know like they've got the slack time in there but someone you know made that decision and it's weird how how much of a nothing situation and also like a really weird sort of frustrating affront it is like in like both those things overlapping because like of course why is it fucking random big banks job to sell me quarters at no markup but at the same time you know why is it my job to go scrounging for fucking quarters to do laundry you know it's like it's kind of everybody in this situation is in a dumb situation is apparently my bottled up (laughs) strong feelings about that minor issue there was a lot there do you want me to beat these people up for you because yeah could you you, yeah uh I, i think it's one one bank plaza you know just I'll just yeah. beat up the next banker I see. Does that <laughs> that's, work? that's a good plan. Okay. That's good, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of um, back when we were talking about washing machines, <laughs> one of the two <laughs> enthralling topics on this episode's crap shit. Yes, 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 but let's go back to washing yeah, machines. Because there's uh, just a lot to I unpack mean, here. I'll, we'll come back to quarters but uh, and making change. <laughs> but uh, when we were talking about washing machines, I was thinking, do you have, you mentioned the air conditioner. Is it on now? I feel like I can hear it a little bit. It is on now. I'm okay. not going to turn it off. You're Sorry, not. listeners, but I usually care about sound quality. But again, it's been fucking 95 every day. The air conditioner right, is currently kinda... valiantly fighting its way down <laughs> under 80. Like it's been set at 72 all day. It's been set at 72 all week. Right. But, uh, you know, it, it, it it's really it's it's doing triage is what it's doing. It is the best right. mitigating the heat. Uh, well, you, you got to set it just set it a little lower so it has something to shoot for. Well, that's what. <laughs> okay, so it's I've got to set it seventy two. <laughs> right, it's set been, it at seventy, and so it so it really like it really yeah, goes for it. So it really knows that it's failing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's 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 what I think. That's the best yeah, way to inspire it. But there's just some nice. Yeah, there's just gonna be some nice white noise in the background. We can. We we can sit quietly for a minute at the end if you want to get room sound to try and do a filter on it, but uh, 
I'm not versed enough in that a particular technique, but I can just listen to the space between your words uh, as soon as there are any. Hey! <laughs> and just try and EQ with that. So um, that's kind of, that's my, that's my rough, that rough approach. Um, what the and hell was I going to say? Oh yeah, I got to get you a widget on my macOS dashboard for uh, what the weather's like there. I have a little widget for all these different cities that fr- friends of mine live in. So I can oh, just yeah? kind of, I don't know. It feels like it connects me to them to see what the weather's like there. One for it's my nice. friend Laura in a- Leeds where it's 48 degrees currently. Oh. Uh, yes. A couple days ago in Ukiah, my old hometown, it was 105. Jesus. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll get, I'll get one for uh, uh, Alaska for you. Yeah. Yeah. Albertson at, Al, uh, North Albertsons, Alaska. I'll type in Albertsons and see what happens. <laughs> Maybe time for a break. Okay, well, let's take a quick break here. I'm going to go take a quick uh, certain kind of break. Oh, okay. Do you, actually, do you want to um, do you want to make it a 10-minute break and I can just run and uh, grab a beer across the street? Because I raced home from work to chat with you because I yeah, was, do it. kept you waiting Absolutely. an hour. I'm really sorry about that. but No, it's, it's fine. I, I, I finished watching an episode of uh, House of Cards and talked with Angela a bit and then made you wait for like eight minutes because that episode still wasn't over. So Jesus, that was so. the worst. I'm glad you brought it up because I'm really, really upset with you. Um, yep. Yeah, let's let's make it a, t- a 10 minutes. All right, I'll be here. Cool, bye. This sounds like that was a little bit more of an endeavor than you were expecting it to be. It was a little bit more of an endeavor than I was expecting it to be. Tell me about this endeavor. Oh, I'm out what of were breath, which makes awful podcasting. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was so flustered by how long that took that I like was like running back from the store, and I'm like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like ever. <laughs> Y2K moment at Safeway <laughs> in Portland, Oregon. Just every every line had a ton of people, f- you know, f- having big weird meltdowns. I don't know. Did do you, did you ever go to the grocery stores when people were kind of like trying to stock up for Y2K in case? I I, I, I more or less avoided them uh, out of expectation that they'd be kind of nuts, but uh, I know what you mean. I have definitely ended up at the grocery store on the wrong day and time on Super Bowl weekend once or twice. We, I had uh, this one. This blonde woman behind me was like yelling at people in front of her about how they should be in different lines. <laughs> She's like, "You only got one item. You should go to that other one." She's like, no, there's a line. There's a longer line in that other one. 
well, no, it's going to be fast for you because you just got the one. Go, just go. You know, she like badgers yeah. this poor young lady into like changing lines so she can advance by one spot. Other people, everyone's yelling at the clerks like, how the fuck are you going to get someone up? Are you going to fucking call someone up here? There's a million people waiting. You know, I don't know. It was a zoo. It was that a is zoo weird. Yeah, Safeway that is today. weird. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever encountered people like, like I've, I've encountered the stores being very busy for sure. Like, you know, like you just the wrong, wrong moment. Uh, but I, I don't think I've ever encountered people being like belligerent and mob-like about it. They're just, everybody's like, yep, it's busy. I guess I'm going to stand here for a while. Right. I mean, it's, you know, there was a problem. They didn't have enough checkout people, which meant like a bird's eye view of the whole store. Every customer is like at the front waiting to check out kind of. Yeah. Which means that the lines are, go- are crossing the paths that you use to get between registers. Yep. Like if you're done shopping and you're going to walk up and down and survey the line at each register, you're having to drive through every line as you do it. I don't know. And that made everybody more irritated. Yeah, that's just gridlock at that point. At the point, you know, the, the, the busyness is feeding back on itself in a bad way. So yeah. if you're listening to this grocery store managers, take this as a lesson. Get someone on a checker. Just, just <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm glad you make it. I'm, I'm glad you make it. <laughs> I sometimes do. <laughs> I might have to cut all that because I'm so out of breath. I feel like I sound like a I don't know. No, no, mess. no. I, I, what, that, that I can tell that you're, you know, I can read your ticks that way. So it's, it's been very helpful. No, I think you should keep that. Tell me about the beer you got. What beer did you get up there? This I, I'm drinking some two-hearted ale. It has a picture of a fish on it. It's actually from Michigan. It's from uh, Comstock, Michigan. But uh, I've never heard of it. And it's from this side of the country. So that's, you know, that's good enough. Um, How close are you to Montana? Pretty far. Pretty far. Okay. Uh, driving out here, it was about 36 hours uh, start to finish from, from Portland to town. So, yeah, the, the drive was actually – it wasn't too bad. Um, it, was, it was kind of aggressive but not crazy. We did it in basically four days. You know, we, we drove to Twin Falls, Idaho, and then the next day we drove to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and then the next day Kansas City, Missouri, and then Nashville, Tennessee, and then that's just a couple hours from Huntsville, so we just did a real short drive in the morning on the fifth day. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's funny. We ended up stopping in St. Louis, which is about halfway between Kansas City and, and Nashville, uh, because Greg Nog from Metafilter uh, and his now wife, like a toaster, hmm. uh, they live in St. Louis. And I, I sort of realized this the day before and emailed him saying, hey, you want to get lunch tomorrow? <laughs> And uh, they said, yeah, sure, come on over, we'll have some burgers. And, and so we had a really lovely time hanging out with them and uh, eating up some barbecued uh, burgers in the backyard. And then it sort of started pouring on us, and we put out the umbrella for that table real quick, which wasn't quite big enough to actually keep us dry in uh, Torrent, but it, it, it helped. We, we managed to outlast the serious rain and get the food inside afterwards without soaking it. So, you know, that was good. Should we try but, and get uh, one or both of them on this? That could be fun. On this podcast, I, I was thinking because it's yes. not... Oh, you're not talking about your dick. Huh. I assumed I assumed that's what you were saying. They're Give newly them. married. Give them, Give them, you know, a couple months at least. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> um, but uh, I was thinking since, you know, since we're temporarily um, uh, suppressing, what's the word? We're, 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 te- we're temporarily... Words, words, words. <laughs> Yeah, we're temporary. We're, we're, we're temporary. Oh, oh, God, no. It's contagious. We've got a language virus from Star Trek. Word virus. Uh, 
since, since we're since we're violating the standard sit in the same room policy, yeah. Since we're in it. violation of the of the one of the core tenets of the podcast, it actually sort of opens us up to um, regionally non-specific guests. Unlike it does before where we had to either get someone who lives in Portland or catch someone as they pass through, or you know abduct and uh, tie someone up and drive them across state yes. lines. Which you get into whole realms of uh, jurisdiction there that are no fun, but with this we can just have anyone with Skype come and join. Yes, we could totally do that. We should consider that. So maybe I don't know, Greg like a toaster, both one, either neither. Yeah. We should definitely we should definitely um, have either one, the other, both, or neither. Yeah, I think one of those four choices is uh, the way to go on this. I don't want to artificially so we'll just... constrain our choices here, but I think you've narrowed <laughs> it down pretty well. <laughs> I think I think that covers most of the most of the uh, plausible cases. Uh, yeah, no, we can think about that. That'd be fun. I was going to ask um, Jessamine if she wanted to kind of come and welcome you back with me, and we could have a three-person chat. But then I just was like, well, then I kind of would just want you and Jessamine <laughs> every time, and then maybe we could get our friend Matt Howie there. And then yeah, maybe I yeah. could just get the fuck off the podcast because you guys would have a lot to talk about. And then Solved I realized it. I just invented a different podcast that already exists. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? But I don't know. Sure, let's throw it. Let's let's see. Uh, let's get some guests back. It's been a long fucking time since it was more than t- two people. Yeah. On this show, and I really like the three person dynamic. Yeah. No. No. I, I, I'm for it. Uh, I think that's a good idea. We should pursue that. We should pursue that. But uh, but yes. Did it, I, oh, tell, well, tell me about the or what, what were we about to say? Sorry. I, I, I was going to say so we were going into Nashville. So we stopped to St. Louis, had this wonderful lunch with Greg Nog and like a toaster, uh, Greg and Heather. Um, <laughs> why did I sound vaguely contemptuous when I used their real names? Like, <laughs> if you need their human names, uh, but you know we had this great lunch with them. We take off. Uh, I know all you guys are so annoyed when you have to pull the fake human masks over your reptilian faces and use your human names again too. I can it just really detect chafes my scales, you know, <laughs> bitterness uh, in your bitterness in your lizard voice. Yeah. The, the worst part is that having to use the temporary glue to, to glue your tongue back into one non forked. It's like, that's cause then getting it off and always, it's a pain in the ass. I'm a little bit allergic. It gets inflamed. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Humanity is the worst. And I'm not just saying that because I intend to enslave them en masse. Yeah, so we're, we, we have this great lunch in St. Louis, and we head out to Nashville, and that rain that hit us is still lurking in the vicinity. And so over the next, like, two hours of the remaining, you know, four or so hours driving to Nashville, there's a lot of rain. And some of it's like that really, really shitty, torrential, you literally can't see the car in front of you clearly sort of thing, which is not a great thing to be doing on the highway. And, and so it was just like really white knuckling it and stressed us both out. We, you know, eventually got into Nashville and just, you know, got a motel and got some McDonald's that neither of us wanted to eat because it's like, we've been eating road food and this is not good. But, you know, it's like, yeah, we did that. And we watched some stuff on the laptop and, and we went to bed instead of like being like, Hey, let's check out Nashville. Um, so it was kind of like a blech, right. uh, section, but I mean, that was the road trip. Other than that was generally really pretty solid, which was nice. You know, it was clear driving. It went pretty fast. The days were long, but they weren't too long. Um, and, and now Huntsville's like two hours from Nashville. So we'll get up there one of these weekends, uh, and be able to just sort of explore on our own time. 
Yeah, it'll be good to do it when you're not under a time pressure and exactly. all the exactly. other stuff going on there. Yeah, Huntsville is what it's about currently, because that's where I am. If it wasn't about this, I'd be in a lot of trouble. It's basically what I got on that subject. Uh, how have you been? How have you been the last couple of weeks? Oh, good. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Not 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 too much to report. I've um, I've been starting up the in the cut again, and that is a huge amount of fucking time, right? It's yeah. I I sort of felt you jackass <laughs> re-energized to uh, to reapproach that project, and bolstered by conversations we've had about. A gentle editing touch on this show uh i had uh wanted to go back and say all right well i'm gonna try and get it in one i'll do some light cleanup and editing and uh it's just i'm immediate i'm right the fuck back where i was before and part of it is that i think i'm just like if you want a tight show you kind of just have to get people at the best part of their day i'm sort of learning like at the end of a long day and after a few drinks you know, you you uh, what what should be a forty minute conversation drifts on it into two two and a half three hours. After about the one hour mark, it's just a mess. It's like people are just trailing off, and then you're trying to edit it together and form <laughs> sentences where there are no sentences. You're listening to the crapshoot. It's, it's awful, but you also sort of want it. You don't want to just lop off an entire hour because there's you know diamonds in the rough, and you want to have it follow kind of the arc of the overall conversation and stuff too but it's i i need to really consider my timing and consider when you know i don't know yeah no i i i think it's a tricky thing because i mean i one of the things uh that i mean i genuinely enjoy about uh you and me podcasting is that we tend to do it in the evening and we tend to do it over a couple of beers and we i feel like we end up having a pretty good energy where we're we're really sort of into it and having a good time uh, the whole time, and I think that helps, but it still is, yeah, definitely. I mean, no one has ever said, you know, the crapshoot, I really enjoy it for its taut narrative focus, you know, and, and I think you can get a lot out of energy if people are just, like, down for some energetic wandering, but it's it's different from listening to a really people super fucking on the ball focused conversation for sure and it's hard to even if you're willing to do the editing to try and cut out a bunch of cruft and wander i think it's difficult to fix it in the mix at that point you know no matter how much effort you put into it you're still gonna feel the weight of yeah if people are a little bit tired if they're a little bit distracted uh that's that's the material you have even if you cut out the pauses and cut out uh some of the wandering um so it's a tricky thing yeah it, it may be something you just have to think a little bit about uh like you say, the, the, the timing and, 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 and whatnot to try and get uh, a, a somewhat tighter uh, conversation up front rather than just hoping that editing will get you where you want to be. Um, right. When you have two people in a conversation and one person keeps trailing off and not finishing <laughs> a sentence, your options are you leave the trailing off and the several seconds of silence before the other person kind of tries to jump in and kickstart the conversation again. Uh, yeah. Or you take out the silence. Yeah. And when you when someone starts to trail off and then you take out the silence and so the other person jumps in right away, a whole episode of that just ends up sounding like one person is running roughshod over the other interrupting (laughs) constantly and being the hugest asshole and but i still end up just taking that over just uh, 
aggregate, you know, half hour of silence well, over here's, the course uh, of the episode. Can and I make a suggestion? Go. Cocaine. Just, just <sighs> do a couple rails, get super up about it, and then, you know, hit record. I think, I think you could, have uh, <laughs> incorrectly guessed which of the people <laughs> in this anecdote I am. <laughs> I guess they could start mailing out little packets of cocaine to the no, no, people no. I, I work well, with. Well, that's why, yeah, how, however however you want to manage it, you know. I'm saying, yeah, you get everybody on board. You know, that's the price of admission. Right. You want to be on a podcast? Great. Well, actually, that's that's probably not the best sales pitch because then you're going to end up with people who aren't any good at podcasting but are showing up because your pitch is, okay, I'll only let you be on my podcast if you consume free cocaine that I give you. Mm. That may, that, yeah, that might not be the best dynamic. But hmm. the point is, yes, definitely uppers is. <laughs> I think you would have probably a more interesting podcast than any I've ever been involved with if you just took first comers of people who are willing to talk if they get free cocaine. That would I bet be, you'd that, get some compelling shit out of that. That would honestly be a great podcast. I, like, I don't know if it. I don't know if the actual guest commentary would necessarily be good. Like, I don't think you'd necessarily beginning particularly interesting stories because i mean this is this is sort of poser of me to even be talking about cocaine culture because i have zero practical experience with it but you know the the sort of like at least you know running pop themes there is among other things you know coke is one of those you are the most interesting person you can imagine when you're coked up even though you're not actually that interesting you're just on coke you know it's right. like it's like people talking about their dreams like your dreams are super interesting to you because they're your dreams you know your brain does a weird thing and then you wake up and you're like that was a weird fucking thing my brain did and it held all these these references to my my life or the things that i've been watching or thinking about and and that it feels profound to you because it's a weird mental thing that happened. It's some brain chemistry shit that you directly experience in this strange, you know, liminal or subliminal way. But you try and explain that to someone else, and you're just like, and then this thing that doesn't really have any meaningful context for you happened. But it wasn't quite like that. It was like this other thing from my high school that you didn't go to. You remember my high school that you didn't go to? Yeah, well, I had a locker there, and I couldn't remember the combination. And, and this is the best part. Someone you don't care about showed up, but they look like someone else you don't care about. <laughs> you know, it's like the dreams are terrible to tell people. And, you know, to some extent, I feel like that's just like, that's a polite thing that happens with friendship. It's like we sort of mutually support each other in things like talking about the dumb dream that the other person is not going to care about because, you know, everybody maybe wants to talk about a dream once in a while. And it's part of the social contract that you sort of give and take there. But sometimes I actually really like hearing about someone's dreams, even though it's the cliche is like you can't, it's, it's, no one can possibly be as interested in your dream as you are, and I'm sure. sure that's true. But sometimes I actually really have fun listening to it. But well, yeah, I don't mean to. I don't mean to say it as an absolute. Yeah, I mean you're pretty much guaranteed to be getting a, a long anecdote with zero cause and effect that has no point whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Occasionally, I'll be on the mood for something like that. But I think the other reason that you tell a dr- you relay a dream is because you want to make sense of it, and some people process things by saying them. Oh, sure, and that's that's valid. This is something that I really had a long time for me to to understand this as someone who has been pretty introverted for most of my my entire life. But for especially as a younger person, I just did not understand why people talked 80 percent of the time they were talking. I didn't understand what they were trying to do or like what the purpose of what they were saying was or anything. And it took me a really long time to kind of 
under come to understand that some people that's how they process thoughts. That's yeah. they kind of talk it out and they hear themselves talk and they kind of like it all the pieces kind of click together. And the other thing is dreams like, you know, as everyone knows, it's really hard to remember a dream after a day or two. So some people sometimes you want to say a dream just to kind of like reiterate it and then you can remember it having told the story of the dream and then you remember the dream better too. So Sure, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I, I think there's a there's an interesting complex of things going on there. And I don't I don't mean to be dismissive outright of the idea of talking about dreams. I was going to tell you the coolest fucking dream, and you just <laughs> took a shit on my heart just now. So That's right. I had a dream last night about taking a shit on your heart. It was well, I'm not, I'm, well, well, it wasn't cares? your heart. It was like it was like it was sort of your heart, but really it was my bedroom don't growing care. up. But it was in it was in Michigan. Nope. And I've never been to Michigan, so that doesn't really make sense. Nope. Don't care. Uh, I'm Josh Millard. I don't care about your feelings or dreams. <laughs> You're the, the, starting the, to say something. Sorry, I don't even know. I'm just going to choke to death now. Uh, oh, fuck, I was going to say like, your dreams, Josh I, I, Millard. I, I, There's an inspirational the name quote of my to memoir. post on fucking yeah. Facebook. So we'll start selling bumper stickers. Yeah, uh, I have conversations <laughs> with my mom sometimes, and my mom is a very chatty person, and she knows a lot of people, and she has a fairly social way of interacting with the world, and. Uh, so she'll tell stories about people and she'll sort of include them as background characters like, oh, and, you know, Trish said da 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 and, and you, know, you know how Trish is, so blah, blah, blah. And I have no idea how Trish is. I don't know who Trish is. I mean, like, I may have met Trish at some point, but I certainly don't have a meaningful relationship with or context for Trish that I can... Build. But, you know, it's, it's the same sort of dynamic. And it's, it's, you know, there's nothing weird about what my mom's doing. She's just sort of telling a story about, you know, what was going on that week. But, like, we haven't done that groundwork. Like, I didn't have that dream. I didn't spend that week working with Trish on something. You know, it's, like you say, sort of processing, I think, is a big part of how people uh, use, uh, <laughs> how people use talking. That's that's what I mean to say. It just sounds yeah. like a five-year-old. <laughs> people, you know, talking is a tool that people use for a variety of things. And, you know, we tend to think in a lot of cases, I think, of the default sort of like maxims of uh, good communication that, you know, people are speaking very purposefully and with a shared social contract on what they're trying to accomplish. But in practice, that's not necessarily true. And a lot of time people may in fact be talking for reasons other than just strictly optimizing communication and, and that processing thing that comes up on ask Metafilter sometimes every once in a while I need to delete a question where I totally understand where someone's coming from, but they aren't asking a question. They're just sort of thinking out loud. And yeah. that's a good practice. But if you're going to do that, you should just do it into a text editor and then read it back again and say, oh, well, I guess I've learned something about what I was thinking. You, you can't just then attach a question mark at the end of it and stick it up on the site because it's like, well, no. This right. People uh, will, t- will tell an extremely long story about how their relationship got to the point that it currently is. And then their question is like, so. So what do you think? Or what yeah, do I do? Like, or, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so obvious that the 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 journey <laughs> the journey was the point, right? Not that yeah. that's not the question at the end, exactly. which you, yeah, it's hard because I don't I don't think it works to tell that person. Well, just type it into a text editor and read it back to yourself. I think that part of what makes it work is that they are doing it to someone else, and yeah. so their their brain kind of switches modes somehow. Exactly, it's because sort of when like, you're talking to someone, you kind of under you start to project and see how you expect the other person to be hearing what you're saying and it's kind of a way of kind of mentally running it through a filter or bouncing it off something uh that i don't think you would get the same like saying it 
in an empty room or typing it into a text box that doesn't that no one ever sees. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the difficulty because like, yeah, the fact that it works for someone because they're in the mode of thinking that they're putting this towards someone else is why it's used for them, but it's also why it becomes a problematic thing because they don't have whatever that sense of, I don't know, boundaries or, or awareness of the context to realize why in practice it's problematic to go from, you know, personally experiencing that processing exercise to putting it out in the world. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. I don't, I don't envy you the responsibility of trying to find that line because, again, as someone who was extremely introverted coming up, I found people like that, meaning half of the world that are, you know, effectively extroverts, really, really like arrogant and presumptuous and disrespectful of my time and attention. Like that was how it read to me. Yeah. Was that these people just think they're entitled to like me, like following along with the intention of like getting to the point and communicating something to me or asking me a question I could helpfully respond to. But it turned out it was just about like chewing my ear and I could have been anybody. Yeah. And I just, I always thought that was incredibly like shitty as a young person. And it just took me a long time to kind of understand, well, that's how, that's how this is processed for this person. They need that. That's how, and, and that's kind of part of what, the purpose of having a society is, is is that we all kind of can lean on each other socially in that way. And um, I mean, I'm not speaking of my own perspective even now, but just that my what I've kind of inferred is that there's people for whom they they feel a real imbalance in the in socially if the other person isn't doing the same back to them. Yeah. And someone who as so, someone who is always. I mean, this is really funny. An hour into a show about nothing, where we spent forty <laughs> minutes talking about making change at the bank. But I've always kind of thought that the purpose of communicating is to get to a point, you know, or to ask a ask a question that that's actionable, or to communicate something that's that that someone can take and remember and hold on to and use somehow. Um, well, I think clearly the question here is, you know, do you have any quarters? Do you, do you, could you? You know, yeah. We're going to have to talk about the social contract here because you have really been crossing a line asking me for quarters all these times. I'm not, you know, I actually got pissed at a guy because he just came over and I had the jar of quarters next to my bed and he was like, or whatever, in the living room or somewhere. And he just like, he's like, oh, you got, I need to do laundry. And he just like drops two bucks out of his wallet in there and takes two dollars worth of quarters out. And I'm like, seriously, you don't get to fucking do that. That's those each one of those quarters is like a dollar of work. (laughs) <laughs> that is that is that that is a gross violation. That is like that's bullshit. Yeah, I was really You're not upset. his vending machine. <laughs> wow, I'm angry at that guy now. That's just like, I mean, I, I wouldn't be angry at him for asking. You know, if he was like, "Oh man, I really need some laundry. Could I buy some quarters off you?" That's a totally legitimate thing to do. You right. know, like it, it expresses the understand. But you, you, what the fuck? What the fuck? Oh my god! I oh jeez. Oh, it geez. really is like a, a. I feel like I put a dollar's worth of work into every quarter I get. You know, if when I'm when I'm trying to hoard quarters, that way. they're precious. They're a precious commodity. They're like bottle caps and Fallout. Exactly. Well, actually, the thing is, caps and Fallout end up being so overinflated by the end of a playthrough, though. Like, if if, if, if caps true. were quarters in Fallout, you would start out with like one shirt that you desperately need to clean. And in the process of trying to figure out how to get that shirt clean, you'd eventually end up 80 hours later at a point where you had a million dollars in quarters, a truck built out of washing machines, and like 
10 million shirts. And you're like, man, this post-apocalyptic wasteland living is really rough. I really just, and then, you know, you'd hire some slaves to wash your shirts again. And uh, it's sort of an inflation of, uh, uh, of your, 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 your state of being in those, in those games. I love them, but, uh, but yes. Uh, you want to talk about Fallout for a second? Sure. Are you playing Fallout? the mobile game? I am. I am, and I don't know what I think of it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I got off to a very bad start with my first Fallout shelter and thought I had like a reasonable stasis going on, then I put it down and came back a couple hours later, and everything was just shit. Everything was just total shit. And my first thought was like, well, apparently everything will just always be total shit if you don't poke it every half hour. But then I was like, maybe I'll try starting over and maybe I'll be a lot more conservative. And that actually has worked out okay. Like things have not been totally going to shit, but it's still, it's kind of, it's a little bit mean, you know, it doesn't give you a lot of room to move there. You really have to be super conservative to be sure that everything won't be shit when you come back. And that means it advances slowly and, you know, it's like, it's totally free to play. And that's the thing. Like, you know, the, the solution to a lot of these problems is, well, just, you know, spend actual money to buy fake lunch boxes that you can open up to get fake playing cards that you can use to turn into fake bottle caps that you can use to accelerate the building out of your base so that everything doesn't go to shit. And it's like, yeah, you had a perfectly nice little ant farm here and then you fucked it up because the whole scheme here is to justify the development of this by monetizing it through shitty predatory free to play mechanics. That's my thought. Are you enjoying it? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's one of the less predatory games in its genre that I've played. Um, I think, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know. I, 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 I haven't quite put my thoughts into words about it. I think that there, it's a mechanic that I kind of don't give a shit about, especially because I, I don't know that I have the gene that makes me want to kind of optimize in that particular way, but I do have the gene where I get really fucking itchy if there's a thing to tap on and it hasn't been tapped on yet. So I just end up with these like real sub-optimized systems where I'm just kind of feeling frantic and running around. I mean, I got, I'm still on my first fault and I, I got it into a pretty homeostatic, is that a word? Yeah, homeostasis, homeostatic. Yeah, pretty homeostatic state now, and and I think I mean I, I keep I can keep the I have uh, forty dwellers, and I my happiness is ninety five percent, give or take one or two percent, and that seems like a pretty tight operation. I don't really want to expand anymore. Yeah, because well, it was a big hassle yeah. to do that. But I hate tapping on the teeny little people and reading their stats and figuring out which room they go in and which person they should replace. Is there someone who has kind of two specializations and I can move them into the other? And it just it's it doesn't it's like the part of RPGs that I kind of always hated and why I didn't get that much <laughs> into RPG, like specifically Japanese RPGs and stuff where it's a lot of stat you know, tweaking shit that I just am not, can't get that excited about. Yeah. But there's, I don't know, there's, there's fun stuff about it. And, and I don't, I, I, I bought one lunchbox just to see, and I just, it didn't seem that useful and it don't feel compelled to do it again. But game, I don't know, like games like tiny towers, it's, which I think is kind of a forerunner of this, you know, just the space management, put people to work in jobs that fit their stats and, make yeah. them happy and continue to build and expand and get new types of buildings and stuff. It's just that exact game except going downward and with a lot of these 
post-apocalyptic trappings that I really, really love because I'm a huge sucker for them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I d- yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I doubt I still play it in a month. I mean, right now I play it throughout the day, really. Like, I pull it out every 30 or 40 minutes just to tap Well, yeah, and I'm on, like, day two, so I'm still definitely sort of figuring out where I think I am on the whole thing. But I doubt uh, that I'm still into it in a month, honestly. it's. It, well, yeah, I don't, th- I, I don't think there's that much... Uh, there's just not that much to it. It doesn't seem like, like I can sort of see the arc of where it would go in the long run, but none of that seems to involve anything really interesting and engaging in and sort of ongoing. There are new ideas here. Um, now there's a game that came out for iOS and I think Android too. Um, that's the, I don't know. Are you a metal gear solid fan at all? I don't know if this doesn't seem like it's necessarily your jam so much. I, I I I am, but in a weird. So I'm like a lapsed Metal Gear Solid fan. Mm. Like I loved the original and played the shit out of it on PlayStation in college, and uh, and then I I played the the royal shit out of the second one. Mm. Like that, I got that for uh, I got a PlayStation Two, and I got Metal Gear Solid Two, and I played it a lot. Like I played it. And then I played through it again to do a better job. And then I found out about the dog tags and I played through and like went and got every single dog tag that mm. I could off people, which is a really great, weird, very Hideo Kojima. Mechanic. Yeah. Here's a game where in principle you're trying to hide from people. And then there's sort of like the fallback state that you get into. Sometimes you play sloppily or if you're just a jerk, I guess where you can actually shoot people. But like the really boffo playthrough is the one where you never kill anybody because you just manage to sneak around them. Uh, but then the really sort of twisted, weird elaboration of that is you can sneak up behind someone, pull a gun on them, and basically say, hey, freeze. And they're like, oh, shit. And then you keep the gun on them, inch around to the front of them, keep it pointed at them, pull off their dog tags, and then you can ease around behind them again, and you can make a break for it, or you can choke them out to render them unconscious or shoot them with a, a tranquilizer dart. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole elaborate, you're simultaneously refusing to be lethal, but also refusing to be stealthy. Instead, you're just like waving it at every single person in the game's face that, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to dominate you with a threat of violence. I'm going to take this from you. And then I'm going to just fuck off and you just deal with that, buddy. It's, it's such a weird sort of, bad idea middle road but it's also like the sort of like uber achievement in the game to pull off is to collect all these things by literally abducting people's identifying uh you know hardware off of them at gunpoint yeah kojima really wants to give you this gigantic playground of game mechanics to exist in and you know down to like the way that you hang off of a ledge and you can kind of pull yourself up and peek over and move and how the, all the sight lines and all the, the scenarios work and, and um, how characters react under different circumstances. If you sneak up on them, if they have an idea that you might be there when you sneak up on them. I mean, there's so, there's so it's such a deep rabble. I mean, t- down to the point where if you're hanging off a ledge in that game and you, you see on the screen a grip meter that starts to go down, you can only hang for so long and you can hold both shoulder buttons to pull yourself up to peek over the top. And then if you want, you can go into first person mode and kind of like take a quick pot shot at somebody. But if you were to pull yourself up and then let go of the trigger buttons and then pull yourself up and then let go of the trigger buttons and effectively have your character 
do pull-ups, slowly the game knows that you're doing that and makes your grip meter longer as if you're yeah. getting stronger in the game. And it's it, the, it, he loves to just create these insane, crazy little rabbits, which, you know, of course, that's not in the manual. No character in the game tells you that. It's something that you just have to randomly find, you know, or that one in a thousand people might randomly find because it's it's subtle and doesn't really do that much to the game but it's like he just is looking at it and he's like well if you push both buttons you know trigger buttons he yeah. kind of does a pull up i'm going to force you the develop the people developing the game with me <laughs> to create an entire mechanic in the game where your grip meter gets better as you do more pull ups slowly over the course of the game um which is you know emblematic of his approach to video game yeah a lot a lot of weird little details in those games there's a there's a specific point in Metal Gear Solid 2, one of the mechanics in the Metal Gear games, uh, for all the listeners who don't know the games, is you have a communications device you can basically open up a call on at any given time, which works as a, a plot thing where there will be cutscenes over at the communicator, but you can also just call up if you like want a hint or want to do a little bit of character chat with someone. And uh, what people will talk about will depend a little bit on the context and where you are in the plot, but it may also depend on the specific situation you're in. Um, which is a handy as a hint thing. Like if you're stuck at a door you don't know how to unlock and you call your commanding officer, he'll probably be like, well, it looks like you need to find yourself a key. You know, give you a little bit of advice or something. But there's this, there's this point where you're sneaking around on this big oil rig in Metal Gear Solid 2 and a guy is peeing off a railing up above. And you can go stand in his stream of urine and it's spattering off you and then you can make a phone call. And anybody you call is going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you can call your girlfriend with whom you're having this complicated relationship discussion amidst this big tactical espionage operation. And you can call her while a man is peeing on your head. And as I recall, she's sort of like, she doesn't really understand why this is happening. And she says so, you know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, weird little stuff like that. If you shoot too many birds, she will give you a shit about it. She's like, what is going you, on here? I think, yeah. yeah. She'll basically be like, why, why are you fucking shooting birds? What is the deal? You know? Right. So yeah, I, I basically, I played one, I played two, I played some of three, I tried a couple times and I just sort of ran aground on it. I found the three had that really interesting idea of the changing camouflage mechanic. Camouflage. Yeah. yeah you change your, your, your camouflage pattern on your fatigues and you would change your face makeup. And there were a couple other little details in there too. But the thing is, it was really fucking tedious to do. You know, it, it, yeah. it wasn't something where you had a quick press, you know, press a shoulder button to toggle between. You had to go into a menu and navigate the menu and find the right things and put them. And it would take you like, you know, at first it would take you probably 30 fucking seconds to figure out what you should be putting on from what you have. When you got better at it, it'd go a little bit faster, but it was still tedious. It was fucking tedious. And and it, it just, like, I couldn't not try, but at the same time, I hated the process of trying, and I just, I never quite got through that one. And, and then Metal Gear 4 was for PlayStation 3 when I didn't have it, and I'll probably go back and pick that up and give it a shot at some point, but I suspect I'll give it a shot, enjoy it some, and then run aground on some shit and be like, nah, fuck it. Well, three, three, I think is one of the easily, in my opinion, one of the greatest games ever made. And you, you are totally right, though, that that camouflage mechanic is way overcomplicated in the game. And the good news is, though, that you can kind of put together something that's good enough and then never change through the entire game. I mean, it doesn't affect your visibility 
that much. I mean, if you're still kind of in the habit of staying out of lines of sight, then it doesn't really matter that much. And, yeah, if you're you sneaking, know, you're sneaking. Kind of your general camouflage is fine enough that if you want to lay down in grass, guys won't see you till they're right on top of you and stuff. You have to get really, really, really fussy to care about, you know, switching your gear every time you kind of move from one area to another. Um, yeah, it's it's not one of the best parts of the game, but there are there is so much in that game uh, as you go through it it just it, it gets deeper and deeper in a really really good way i would i would recommend eventually circling back to it if you get an opportunity um then four i don't know i don't, I don't think there's anything that's that, that much of an encumbrance in four that compares to like the camouflage system or the sewing yourself up like healing your wounds putting splints on yourself stuff that happened in three two they kind of went deep on some of the simulation stuff that that didn't really add to the game that much but um, four, four is they really tried to balance the sneaking and the running gun stuff a little bit more. So, I mean, really, Metal Gear Solid 1 through 3, if you get seen, you're kind of half, you know, inclined to just let them kill you so you can reset yeah. the area and just try it again and not get seen. And when, you know, there's a huge amount in the game in terms of like weapon build outs and, you know, sneaking and you know, hiding behind the corner and popping out and shooting and stuff that no one ever really wants to do because it's just annoying compared to the sneaking part, which is the fun part. Then they obviously have a job to do to kind of try and make the uh, discovered state a fun, separate kind of game, too. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Four is the first time they really, really tried uh, to, to give it some decent kind of action running gun controls too. interesting with you know i don't know it's I, I would be interested to see the reason i brought it up though is because <laughs> in comparison to fallout the um fallout shelter the ios fallout game that's a forerunner to fallout 4 um i i, I it, maybe there's something i missed but i don't think the two really have anything to do with each other i mean one is just a you know, whatever you call this genre of game, time release clicker game, basically. Yeah, yeah, um, just a little, little but sort it, of you know, wrapped Tamagotchi in, almost. Yeah, wrapped in the Fallout universe, which I still, again, I love and I'm a sucker for. But it doesn't really have any. I mean, it, what I want is to make a vault in this game, and then later when I'm playing Fallout Four, stumble across the exact vault I had built. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think there's any reason you couldn't do that. Because the current incarnation of Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes, which is kind of a prequel to Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, um, it has an I, a free iOS and Android game that is its own kind of similar, like base building, and then you upgrade guys and you send them on missions and they come back and tell you how they did. And it's that kind of like god mode, tapping around, building out your what's called mother base. But later, when Metal Gear Solid V comes out, it actually, like, has an influence on that game. And as long as you're kind of signed into the same account with both, right? Yeah, yeah. As well as, so you, you Snake, in the game have a little pocket-sized computing device that's like your map, it's like your objective list, it's like all the, you know, the photos of your, the photo of your target, it's how you, like, play, change the music that you're listening to in the game, or listen to a tape that you discover that might have some clues about your mission and stuff. It's how you choose where on the map you want a chopper to come airlift you out and stuff. All that can be put on the iPad or, you know, Android tablet or iPhone or Android phone and just used while you're playing the game. So you never have to bring up the map screen and you never have to, like, interact with any of the menus. You can just have your TV be the game that you're playing and then reach down and interact and, like, you know, check your mission or 
look at the map again or create you know an airdrop here or there and would never while never leaving the main game screen on the console which is i think a fucking badass thing yeah no, really that's, brings that's, you into that's, the game that's neat and that's a that's a sort of degree of integration that I, I think you know people have tried on a few other occasions to do with you know varying success i think but it's 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 a neat idea that i think we'll maybe see more uh use in the long run as people figure out how to consistently actually make that sort of thing work yeah and i don't know how it does it because there's it seems like almost no lag i mean i shouldn't say almost no lag because it's measurable but it's really like you you know you it's not like a second behind or two seconds behind it's yeah. it's pretty pretty fucking responsive so i think it must be using the land somehow which is cool because you know consoles are pretty sandboxed historically um so it's cool if it's actually doing like kind of local networking with your between your console and your tablet or phone yeah i'm pretty amped about it <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i'm happy for you yeah uh <laughs> but my tv's in the shop so i can't play it or anything right now oh man that is that is that is a bummer. Yeah. I, I think we should actually wrap it up. It's getting late here. Oh, okay, yeah. Um gosh, yeah, now I'm looking at the time, yeah. Well I will uh Yes. I had another thing I was gonna mention, but it's not really there's it's it's not really a story. It would just be sort of so maybe if I still am thinking about it next time we record, I'll bring it up then. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm basically <laughs> it's late and I'm tired. It turns out I'm, I'm yeah. I feel well, like I'm it's, losing it's my just my three hours from when I told you we would start recording. So I well, could yeah, possibly blame you. Yeah, go figure. But uh, but yes, uh, it's weird not being able to you know touch your face, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But otherwise, uh, it's 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 been a pleasure talking to you here. It's kind of nice having a. It's, I I'm I'm really sort of still settling into this whole being uh, somewhere else in the country uh, for a while thing. Uh, so it's nice to have a little bit of like direct dose of Portland here to sort of tie back to. Yeah, I mean, are you? Is there? I mean, was are there me fights or anybody that you know there? Uh, you know, there there are. I mean, I I know for sure there are folks in Alabama. I think there's a number of meth fights in uh, Birmingham in particular, which is just a uh, I don't know two or three hours south of here, so it's not too bad. Um, so we'll probably try and get to a meet up there. There may be some people in Huntsville. Uh, there's probably I'm, I'm sure there's people scattered around. Whether or not they pay attention to IRL and will show up for meet up is another question. But uh, but we'll try that. And you know, Tennessee's nearby. Uh, Chattanooga, Nashville, um, uh, Louisiana's kind of a schlep. Uh, Indianapolis too. I know some folks are up there. Phil Jern, uh, P. Jern is up there, um, but that's that's like a seven or eight hour drive too. So that might be some doing. But I, th- I think we'll see some folks. But Oker Draco actually uh, from Metafilter, who I had met previously in New York uh, several years ago. That's so cool uh, to know sh- how to pronounce that username. <laughs> Uh, she, she's, she's actually grew up around here and she just happened to be in town when we got in. So we, uh, she gave me a sort of driving tour a couple of days ago and, uh, we went over to dinner at her folks place last night and that was really nice. Um, so yeah, there was, uh, there was that and I imagine we'll, I imagine we'll see a number of other meth fights in the next couple months here. Cool. Uh, so that'll be nice. Yeah. It's cool that this podcast has the whole spectrum of, uh, like 
a guy who pronounces me fights the correct way and then another guy <laughs> who works there yes <laughs> yeah, there's the guy who pronounces the correct way and then the guy who's like literally in charge of the site who's clearly <laughs> clearly incorrect yeah well, it's in his defense, he was wrong before he was put in charge of the site. Well, so if, just kind of got grandfathered in a little bit. I, I think. I think if you if you look at it this way, you know, it's sort of like the Bloody Mary thing. Like if you show if you stand in the mirror and say Bloody Mary seven times, nothing's going to happen. Don't do it. That's Bloody Mary will fuck you up. Bloody Mary is probably the worst. She is not fucking having it. She's she's like she's like Bloody Mary, but also with a super shitty attitude about the whole thing. <laughs> She's like, she, she's going to kill you, but first she's going to lecture you a little bit. I was like, stop saying, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. Um, yeah, well, it's uh, I, your homework, and I guess mine, is, uh, you know, think of, who, think of who we might rope into this uh, Skype chicanery. Who, who, who we chicane. I think I chicane. The lady certainly chicane, chicane, chicane. Hmm. We're having a heat wave. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's for, a good Thanks we'll for think making time. Thanks for making about twice as much time as I think I led you to be ex- to expect you yeah, would need to make. A, what do you do? What do you do? And uh, next next time will be a little more uh, t- timely. Uh, All right. I, how, do, how do you end these? <laughs> I, I usually just like sort of trail off and, and okay. like try and stick the landing and then and then get talking about something else. Like, oh, but I was really going to do that sort of thing. I was, I'm going to uh, clink beers with my screen here. There yeah, exactly. So, all right. All right. Talk have to you a later, good night. Man. It was really. It's. Uh, yay! You made it. You're alive. You're there. Yes. Everything's go. Everything is. Uh, is working. It's happening. Yep. The life. Life is happening. It proceeds. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon. All right. All right. Take it easy. Night, dude. Bye. Uh-huh.